Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Going For Go, the weekly women's health podcast with me, journalist and women's health senior editor, Roisin Dervishokane. Now, I think it's fair to say that your goals, like those of the team, have probably been altered beyond recognition as a result of COVID-19. When we asked on Instagram what you wanted to get out of these shows, the message was clear. Right now, your goals are to stay healthy and sane while staying at home. So that's what we're going to be helping you to do. This week, we're looking at the goal of managing disappointment and adjusting to this new reality that we find ourselves in. Joining me to help is Julia Samuel, MBE, a renowned therapist and author of the best-selling book, Grief Works, and most recently of This Too Shall Pass, Stories of Change, Crisis and Hopeful Beginnings, which was published by Penguin last month. Welcome, Julia. Hello, Rasheen. Lovely to meet you at these strange, surreal times. I guess first question is, how are you doing? I'm okay. I mean, it does feel a bit like the weather. I... There are times I'm just busy and I'm getting on or times I kind of enjoy being less busy than I would normally be. And then I suddenly do get sort of spurts of anxiety. And that's normally directly related to watching the news. So I've um, I've limited that that to once a day for about two minutes. And that's all that's all I can take right now. And so you've authored a brilliant book, which is all about change. And obviously that came out in March and we're recording this in the first week of April. And the timing seems almost spooky. What do you, what are some of the key lessons in there that you think we can apply during these very strange and altered times? I mean, because the the subtitle is Stories of Change, Crisis and Hopeful Beginnings. And I guess the first message is that whether we want it or not, life is change that there will always be change that happens to us either developmentally as we age or through events that we choose or events that we don't choose. So it might be a health diagnosis or committing to a relationship or marriage, but there will always be change. And the research is robust. Those that resist and block change have less joy and less success in life and find change harder. So we need to kind of fall back on our resources and our courage because change normally brings discomfort. That's the sort of siren chord of change. So we need to listen to it and pay attention to it and let it change us rather than block it. What about this moment is so tough psychologically? It's something that I don't know if you feel like you've been through anything like this before, but I know for me it feels completely unique. I think this is a seismic change because it is 
both incredibly personal, like everybody has their own individual story and individual what I call living losses that have come as a, as a response or because of the corona and also a global pandemic. So there's a sort of universality, can't say that word, to <laughs> it, which in some way connects us. Um, and I, th- I don't think anyone will come out of this unchanged. I think there will be a new normal that once we've navigated through this time, and one of the difficulties is not knowing the time. I think, you know, in the 21st century, because we have smartphones and science and technology, we expect to be able to fix things and shape things, or that somebody will come on the television screen and tell us what's going to happen. And this, all of us, are in the kind of land of not knowing, which is very much like the grief is land of grief, because you kind of feel thrown onto an alien landscape where everything that was familiar that you knew about yourself and the world is suddenly overnight changed. So it's a it's a massive um, challenge to face that and to adapt and grow with it and even thrive rather than kind of be shrunk by it and have quite severe mental difficulties. Are there any parallels between what we're going through now and the kind of the grief response? Yes, I think it's a very similar process in that, you know, at the beginning, there's a shock and a numbness and a disbelief. And all the people I talked to, they couldn't quite take it on board. They couldn't really concentrate. They became a bit frantic, kind of searching, looking. And then I think in these few weeks that we face now, the reality of it and the meaning of it slowly sinks in. Mm. And then there will be the kind of pain of it and distress. So one thing that people are talking to us a lot about is disappointment and almost like almost their right to feel it because as you said Julia there the news is increasingly alarming we're getting increasingly scary data um, the death toll is rising there's massive economic uncertainty people are losing their jobs people are losing and going to lose loved ones um, so in that context it feels I don't know, almost a little bit gratuitous to say, oh, I'm really annoyed that my wedding's been pulled off or my um, my birthday trip to Paris, for example. Um, what do you, what's your advice for coping with disappointment and kind of putting it in context? I think the first one is that whatever you're feeling you can't change what you feel, that it's normal to feel it and acknowledge and allow it. So it may be, you know, if it's your wedding that you've been planning for a year, you're going to be more than disappointed. You're going to be crushed because this is a kind of life dream that you've hoped for. So even your birthday. So allow yourself to feel the loss and the sadness and the pissed offness and all the different feelings that come with you and give them permission to go through your system. Also kind of recognize that um, comparing yourself to others or comparing your unique situation to others is a route to kind of craziness, that it doesn't really help you. And maybe the third one is if you're, you know, feeling that what you're feeling is too much, that maybe you can do something for others, so do something for your community that can help balance um, both your sadness 
and your sense that your your overreaction, because we know that altruism, that reaching out, helping others is better for your immunity, it helps you feel better about yourself and it makes others feel better. So it's like a triple win. And we saw it, you know, last week, 700,000 people responded to the call for volunteers. So I think all of us have it in us. Um, but I think the other side of it is to develop tools to soothe yourself when you feel upset. So you kind of know what works for you. I mean, for most people, exercise is a real key to, it reduces the cortisol, the fear and anxiety um, in your body. Um, and then a kind of meditation, maybe begin to do a gratitude, um, listening to happy music. So shift your mood by your behavior. So as human beings, everything that we watch, listen to, eat, who we talk to, whatever's streaming into our body has an effect on our body and our, our mood. So be aware of what you're putting into yourself will affect how you feel and the level of your disappointment. So I guess with your, in your line of work, you're dealing with uh, emotional intelligence and emotional management um, on a day-to-day. -day. And I think that maybe for some people, perhaps those who haven't um, really engaged with therapy before, this is a time when we probably all need to be doing a little bit of that. I think so. I mean, I think we are being exposed and forced to look at ourselves and our families and our way of living that we have never been exposed before. And that is a stress and anxiety provoking. And it is an opportunity. It is a way of kind of having time that you can explore your beliefs, you know, it, it might change people's perceptions about their life, what really matters, who really matters to them, what what makes their, their life worth living. And we know that happiness isn't really about money or status. It's much more about meaning and connection. Um, and so, you know, I don't think we'll ever take away the complexity and the loss that this time has had and that you we have to acknowledge and allow that. But there is also this other aspect, which is post-traumatic growth, that people learn about themselves in a way that they never did before. And they just discover qualities in themselves or aspects of themselves or the beliefs that they never, never did before either. And that can feel like growth. So tell me about, because there's some interesting stages then within almost this grief process, as we were saying before. Where do you think we're at now? As I said, we're recording this on the um, 3rd of April. Where do you think we've started at? Where are we at now? And where do you think there is potential to go in this emotional cycle? So, I mean, as in all emotional cycles, it's not really one step, two step. You can move in and out of it. And I think the overarching image to have is that you are in a new landscape, an internal and external landscape, um, to allow yourself and give permission to yourself that what you feel is what you feel. And to some extent, this is a, a fertile void, that this is um, a new place for you and that it will take longer to adjust than you would like. And then the, the feelings that are likely to come up are, as you say, they're disappointment. So first of all, it might be disbelief and you minimize it. Or if you're at the other end of the spectrum, you may catastrophize it. You may have had huge surges of anxiety at the beginning. Um, and you kind of think the world is coming to an end or you're at the other end and you think, oh, they're just making such a fuss. And then I think as time goes on, 
the meaning begins to sink in, and that will bring a sense of uncertainty, confusion, depression. You kind of lose confidence. What you know? What do I believe in now? What, what is it? Everything going to be okay? And then over time, as you allow that, there is a beginning of a letting go of having control. There is a beginning of acceptance and accommodation to this new normal. And there is an integration and exploratory aspect of discovery as you move into a kind of new phase and come out the other changed. And that is the adaptation process if you support yourself in it. And there's a fabulous graph in your book that actually shows you um, how people can come out really well if they respond to change, if they respond to it in a kind of a dynamic way. What do you imagine for yourself? So what are you kind of fearful of? What do you think will support you? Because I think the most personal is the most universal. Oh, interesting. Um, I think I'm missing like pleasantries. Yeah. <laughs> I'm missing my friends, colleagues. I miss my office, which I never thought I'd say. I never really thought I was that much of a routine person. Um, and sometimes it's only once you've had that taken away that you realise how much you miss it. I am struggling with, I think it's the lack of certainty more than anything. I think I'm a relatively adaptable person. But yeah, there's a worry about will things ever get back to normal? So if I talk to that, if I was your therapist, I would say um, create a new structure, a flexible one. I mean, not a police state, but create new habits for this new normal that you're in. And also keep your focus on short skylines. So keep your focus for today and the next few days. Because if you put it to the future, you can drive yourself mad with incredible, colourful scenarios and stories that are catastrophic. And the truth is, none of us know. So sort of wheel yourself back. And if you, there's a, uh, a technique that you can have if you put in your mind the image of a television screen and you put the image of it of the catastrophe that you've imagined you take a breath you switch the channel and you put an image of a safe place or a happy place or your favorite mountain or walk or beach or whatever take a breath and then move your attention to what you're doing and the more you do that that stops you kind of marching you know terrifying yourself yeah and almost forecasting into the unknown and, and that is absolutely right. And also remember that a feeling isn't a fact. So you may feel terrified and fearful, but that doesn't mean something terrible is going to happen to you. So separate the two. Don't conflate them. You are not your thoughts. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Um, okay, so that's two really good tips. There. So the first one was like this, uh, almost the changing the channel mental yeah. trick to stop forecasting the second then is to what conclusion did we come to new structure short skylines exercise meditation gratitude balancing things so whatever you put into your system of balance and the big one is connection to others book time with people who really love you and know you that you can laugh with that you can kind of be pissed off with that you can um, have fun with And the other thing is dance. So dance and yoga are the two exercises that decrease trauma in your body more than anything else. So kind of put some music on in the kitchen, have a glass of wine. Do is it called house party? 
yes. you know, ring a friend, have a bit of a boogie, you know, create space for fun and connection to other people and do it consciously because that yeah. will give you the resilience, the resources, the bandwidth to stand when you, to bear the kind of, when you wake up with the crushing disappointment in the morning and you want to kill everybody. If you had enough fun the day before, that will allow you to kind of take a breath and be yeah. a bit more balanced. I love that. So, and I guess it's almost like you, as you said, if you're grieving the loss of, it might be your wedding, which I know is a situation um, one of our staff members has had to call off hers. Um, it's just gutting. Yeah. And that level and preparation, lots of the, or anyone I know that's in that position is all, they're being very outwardly stoic about it. Because obviously they know it's nothing in comparison to all these other things. But so you're saying if you have... Don't compare. Allow yeah. yourself the feelings. Journal them. So journaling is as good as talking. Write it down and write it down furiously. How pissed off you are. How furious you are. I mean, I would say if you're, it's miles more than disappointment if you've, cut, you, you've um, cancelled your wedding. It's yeah. probably fury that you feel isn't socially acceptable. Be furious on a page, get it out of your system and then do something that is intentionally calming, yeah. like, you know, watching your favourite telly, uh, putting flowers somewhere nice, having a lovely bath, talking to a friend. So intentionally doing things that soothe you um, really helps. And that's that point that you were talking about previously about balance. Yeah. If you think of your emotional self as a bandwidth where you have joy and happiness one end, and you have pain and distress the other end, the things that you do to block the pain will also incrementally block your capacity to feel joy. Does that make sense? So that you have a narrower emotional capacity. Yes. And then you, you work fine, you function, but your emotional engagement with life is very flatline. And we all kind of know people like that who, if you kind of knock on them, you feel like they're a tin because they've shut so much down. So what I'm saying is find a way of expressing what you feel and letting it out. And then rather than letting that kind of take over, also do things that soothe you and comfort you and make you feel safe after you've expressed it, because you need a balance of both. And then you will feel generally calmer. Whereas if you block the fury, it will just sit there in a little kind of, um, uh, position in your body and it will come out in the small stuff. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. What do you think about the idea of plans for after all of this? Uh, so thinking about... I don't know, where might you want to go on holiday or vision boarding stuff and thinking how helpful do you think that is or do you think there's more merit in what you advised me to do, which is this take a chunk of time, take a few days at a time? I I think sort of allow both. So in your day-to-day kind of self-management, keep it in the day in the next few days. But I think it is kind of resourceful to dream you know, to have dreams. Don't set it in stone and kind of decide this is what I'm going to do. But, you know, have dreams, write them down, look up places, because I think that is fun and it is um, exciting. But just be, don't be too kind of controlled about it. I think that's the thing that we're learning is that fundamentally over the things that matter to us most, which is Um, our health and our life and our death we influence but we don't have control and so there's the paradox the more you accept the aspects of things that you cannot change the more likely it is that change will occur so kind of accept that you won't necessarily have it but also allow yourself to explore and experiment and talk to friends and have fun with it play with it I think playing is going to be really important over the next weeks and that's so funny that you mentioned that point about the control because I don't know if that's towards the end of the book but I actually wrote down that quote and I thought that was brilliant but when facing disruption it can also be liberating to remind ourselves that we have no control over the key things in life that matter most to us life and death the behavior and feelings of the people around us we can influence them but fighting to have absolute control is futile yeah eerily resonant right now and the serenity prayer is good you know from aa to accept the things i cannot change change the things i can and have the wisdom to know the difference i think we should have that sort of tattooed on our forehead at the moment or on the bridge anyway totally i I love what you were saying there about play as well it feels like our worlds have been literally shrunk been so used to having well not everyone of course and speaking from an incredibly privileged position but used to being able to pretty much do whatever you want to do we've lost all those possibilities we've lost lots of plans we we've for many of us and also tragically we've lost a lot of potential responsibilities it seems to me almost like we have to maybe feel our way a little bit so in thinking what makes us happy now whether that is intimacy with a partner or dancing with a glass of wine or letting ourselves just feel completely gutted and write a really long and extended and sweary diary entry. Mm. Would you agree that's something that we could all be thinking about right now? Yeah, it's the, it's a real loss. We can't deny it. And through that, we might discover aspects of ourselves we'd never choose to discover from this kind of event, but we might discover aspects of ourselves of life that will feel like growth and that we do need hope for that. And I think hope is an intention. It isn't just luck. Um, 
and it's an attitude and to have a growthful mindset I think is also an attitude and that isn't about being perfect it's like recognizing our complete imperfections and all of that but I think the big message I've seen from everybody is about community and connection that people have been the best of themselves in some ways and what really matters and I think that I hope that we learn something from that that is meaningful. Absolutely and as we said then at the at the start and something that I know I've been wrestling with and lots of my friends and colleagues and stuff have been wrestling with is this sense of I don't really deserve to feel sad because everything's fine for me the best way then rather than trying to force that feeling of being a bit gutted down the best thing that you can do is allow yourself to respond to that emotionally but then actually do something for other people do something for the other people that you feel so dreadful for whether it's joining the volunteer force or donating stuff to a food bank or can it even I guess it's just even within your own even within your own community and your own family isn't it in your street knock on the door or put a note through the door of the people in your street saying I live in number 24 this is my email if you if you're socially isolating and you can't get out let me know and I'll I'll get my your food when I get mine and those can be lovely small acts of kindness that don't really put you out but mean a lot and before we go if there is one tip um that you would want listeners to take away what would it be i think it would be to be self-compassionate and compassionate to others that that kindness is contagious and that's probably what we need right now okay julia thank you so much for coming on totally my pleasure And thanks all of you for listening. Um, Now, before I go, I have to tell you about a brilliant offer that's currently running on Women's Health magazine. You can now have it sent direct to your door, priced at just £6 for six issues. That's a massive saving of 76% on carefully curated, award-winning journalism on everything from health and wellness to nutrition and beauty. All you need to do is go to hearstmagazines.co.uk. As ever, if you like this episode, do rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps other people find the show. I'll be back next week with another episode to help you stay healthy while staying home. Until then, take care, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.